firstly, uh, it's been a very special camp. And uh, I think we all know that, all the people said. Um, I would like to uh, thank all those many people um, who have helped in some way or other um, because there's been, uh, as we saw yesterday, uh, a huge effort um, for uh, that entertainment yesterday, but all the other things that have been done through the camp, the, uh, the Youngie Supper, which uh, KFC's never seen so many bodies trying to fit into it, um, and so many pancakes get through there, so it was uh, a, a terrific event for them. And many people getting to know each other, um, old and young, um, people from different countries, different fellowships. Um, it's been uh, very special. We've got to uh, even meet um, some Colombians, I'll get it right, <laughs> online. They haven't met us yet. Uh, there's been a fourth baptism there now, uh, all the way under the water, and um, it's uh, going very well over there. Uh, so, um, yeah, in many ways we have been fed, but we've also, I'm sure, gained a lot by our contribution. Many had to work hard to get the camp ready, and um, we um, probably exhausted a few people and and maybe thought we were going to get an early grave with one or two, but it didn't happen, and they're happy, and we're happy about that. Um, because some of our tireless workers uh, are not spring chickens. And we um, have also uh, had many people, of course, who have made the effort just to be here, which, of course, uh, costs a fair bit of money for some people to do that. But I'm sure, uh, well, I'm hoping you, you won't be regretting that in any way whatsoever. Um, I suppose that uh, what I want to be thankful most of all for, though, and I'm sure you'll all agree with this, is Jesus Christ. And um, if I uh, just maybe uh, share a bit of a thought about that for a moment, that um, maybe um, people often in the world might wonder about, is that Jesus died and rose again roughly 2,000 years ago. And um, it was a one-off event and so people question its validity. And um, more and more they question it and try to change the story. And um, I suppose he could have come and died for every generation for us all to see him die on the cross and for all of us to see him be raised from the dead. But that actually would have made the story ineffective because he was to die once for the sins of all mankind. and But what he's done is he's given us a couple of tools that have enabled us to be able to understand what he did all that time ago. And those two tools are what I want to talk about here today. They are his word and his spirit. And those two things are very, very powerful tools without which... You cannot know God. People can try all sorts of methods, but if they avoid his word and they avoid his spirit, they will not discover the God of the Bible. They'll discover all sorts of other things, but not what God wants them to discover. I just want to go to the book of Exodus 
chapter 14. This is the time, uh, for those who don't know the story, um, God has given us some very picturesque stories uh, in the Old Testament uh, to, I guess, capture our imagination as to how much he can do. And this is the story of uh, the, uh, the nation of Israel that had formed and grown uh, in captivity and uh, they'd become a big number and eventually they needed to escape from Egypt and go to the Promised Land. And it wasn't exactly a, uh, a bunch of happy campers. And if we read in verse 11, as they're escaping and they're up against the Red Sea, which is a big blockage for them, they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Now, the, the word of uh, unbelievers is a negative word. It is a word uh, against God. And so here they're saying, this is what we told you, saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. So there was just no faith there at all. In verse 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And Moses had been in communication with God, and God's word was very much in his mind and his heart. He knew what it was. But there's something a little special about this story and how it unfolds because knowing his word was sort of part of it. But in verse 15 it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward, but lift thou up thy, thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go and dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now this was, the rod is a symbol of the word of God. When Moses had first spoken with the Lord about how will the people believe me, the Lord gave him a couple of signs and one was the rod he had in his hand and he put it, threw it down on the ground, turned into a serpent and he took it again and it turned into a rod. And the Lord wants us with his word to believe it and to take action with it. And so while he had, he was sort of, in a sense, quoting God okay here, he wasn't acting on it. And the Lord said, take these things that I have said to you and use them. And so the word became alive here in such an obvious fashion that what God had promised was about to happen and the Red Sea in front of them opened up in probably one of the most amazing stories that have ever been written that are not just... Lord of the Rings, but they're true. Have I touched anybody's uh, raw spot there? <laughs> Let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 6. There are many good fiction writers around, but we, uh, we know that there's something very special about the book we have. Now here is uh, Isaiah the prophet, and um, he's in prayer. And um, we find in the middle of his prayer that uh, there's a few things happen here. In verse 4 it says, The posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, 
and the house was filled with smoke. He's in, there in the temple in his in this vision. Then said I, woe, am, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. We heard about it last night. I used to cuss, I used to fuss, I used to boogie all night long. Is that how it went? Pastor Laurie and Pastor Alan. I'm a man of unclean lips. And in verse 6, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Now, here in a moment of time, Isaiah, as he's before the Lord, has his prayer purified in a very special way. And, of course, this is an example of what happens to us when we get filled with the Holy Spirit and our tongue is changed to a pure tongue and we can't corrupt it, we can't mess with it because we've, we've come to the Lord asking for this thing to happen and all of a sudden it's not just some empty prayer, some wishful prayer, but it's a prayer with a result and and it's a a fantastic result because not only does he find here forgiveness with the Lord as he is going to the Lord but something motivates in him and the next question is who will go for me and because he's so touched by the Spirit of God he just says I'll do it so in both of these stories we see here in a very short space of time when there's the Word of God and when there's belief that occurs through prayer that we see reaction, we see action and the power of God starts to work uh, in these people's lives and it doesn't have to take a long time. You know, my own story is that I came to the... Uh, saw the video about camp. I came to the first, the end of the first uh, Christmas camp here, 1975-76, and uh, heard the gospel. Very excited to hear it. Um, but um, sad to say, it took till the next Christmas camp before I actually received the Holy Spirit. Don't follow my example. And um, what I had done during that break in between the two was that uh, I just analysed, tried to work out what was going on back and forth, back and forth. And eventually when I came back, I had a couple of things said to me by one brother that really put me on the spot about pussyfooting around. And uh, he said, if, and he was only new in the Lord, he sort of told me pretty straight, he said, if you keep pussyfooting around, you're going to miss out with the Lord. And when I did finally receive, what happened was that I was in a morning meeting here at camp in the, uh, the marquee that was around here somewhere. And, um, and I, the person I was praying with took me for a walk down by the creek. And um, all of a sudden, within 10 seconds, it happened. Believing doesn't have to take a year. It only needs to take 10 seconds. From a, from a position of analysing, being unsure, trying all sorts of other methods, to a position of being full of the Holy Ghost. My tongue changed 
and uh, the wonderful miracles that God wanted to do. Um, let's just go to Acts chapter 6. I'm wondering if I should. I think I should just touch on Acts 1 and 2 before uh, we go there because um, if there's anybody here who's new to our meeting, the book of Acts is probably one of the best places for you to start reading the Bible. Um, we heard before about the begats and all the complicated parts and the book of Revelation, etc., etc. And uh, but the book of Acts is the story of the beginning of the church. And we see here that Jesus, uh, in verse 4, is talking to his disciples before he leaves the earth and says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not de depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, he, which saith he, You have heard of me. So this is his word. This is his command. And we go to chapter 2. And we, we look at the result of that in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And it describes in the, uh, in verse 14 of the chapter before that what they were doing was they were all praying. And in verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here we see the combination again. The word given by Jesus, the response by the disciples to pray and the infilling of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And, and this is the basis, this is the foundation of the church, these two things coming together. And then we, we see as it goes on a little later, and now we'll go to Acts chapter 6, and see how this thing continues, because as the gospel goes forward, not everybody, of course, as the years go on, uh, or as they go out further from Jerusalem, has actually seen the death and resurrection of Jesus. So they need something to make it real to them. And in chapter 6, uh, we find that there's a, a fair bit of, uh, um, there's a bit of, I guess, trouble in organisational matters in the church with uh, some people having needs. And in verse 3, it says, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we made a point over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Same foundation. They haven't moved away from, from these things and how they're important. And when we think of a few scriptures that we come across, you know, Jesus said, search the scriptures for they speak of me. We think about uh, where do things like faith and love come from these powerful forces, hope. Where do these things come from? We read in another passage that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We also hear that it is a, a gift of God when we receive the Holy Spirit. Love, we love him because he first loved us. When we read in his word of the story, it grabs many people. In China, there is a huge interest in the story of Jesus. I'm not sure what their numbers are of people who 
have become now some form of Christian, but I remember reading a while ago that it was well over 100,000. Um, sorry, 100 million. Um, and um, they were just getting all sorts of groups coming in with their various stories and loving the story of Jesus. But the word on its own often leaves people a little bit dry eventually because it's an exciting story. But there are many churches around, as we know today, who have never talked to people about the Holy Spirit and, and yet they claim to know the Bible. But their churches are, are emptying out, more and more empty all the time. And they say, oh, we stand on the Word of God. There are other churches who claim to stand on the leading of the Holy Spirit. But more and more, their talks are shorter and shorter and their entertainment is bigger and bigger. And so where the Holy Spirit can back up what it says in the Word, they're finding that their ideas are separating. And so when you speak to people from traditional churches, you often find you want to correct what they say because they have no knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And where you find people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, you often find they say things that are so silly and so different to the Word of God that you want to show them the Word of God. And so because they don't have the two together, they're, they're, they're lost. They don't really know uh, which direction they're meant to be headed. You know, prayer is such an important thing. We, uh, we read of uh, in the Garden of Eden, Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane, that was a better garden, <laughs> that Jesus was there with his disciples and he said, couldn't you pray with me just for an hour? And here he was knowing the value of prayer. And Pastor Godfrey says to us, pray for us. He knows the power of prayer. But the disciples, after they had this experience in Acts chapter 2, they become good prayers because they, they know the effect that it has. And we've just had a wonderful testimony from Renee to bring out these two points. Thank you, Renee. <laughs> um, Ampuero? Is that how you say it? Okay. Oh, Rodrigo's looking at me funny. <laughs> um, but the discovery of those two things and how powerful they are is a really good thing. You know, in, uh, in John 14, 16, John 16, it tells us that the Holy Spirit will guide us. So if we don't pray, if we don't use the Holy Spirit, the guidance starts to feel like it's a long way away. And, and of course, as we, if we don't read our Bibles, then that part sort of seems to feel like it's far away. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You think about the, uh, the Pharisees when they came to Jesus and they questioned him about the, uh, um, the woman who had uh, a husband, he died, and, and she had another one in, in the family, etc., etc., had all these husbands. And the Pharisees said to Jesus, whose husband shall she be in the resurrection? And Jesus said, you do err not knowing the Scriptures or the power of God. Same thing. Here in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, and in verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So when we hear each other's testimonies, you know, we're, we're all sort of quietly comparing it with the Word of God, aren't we? When we hear something that doesn't match with the Word of God, we sort of think, hmm, not sure about that. When, uh, when we hear or we, just, we, we witness to other people and we find that, that there are anomalies, we wonder. And so what the, the, the great thing is, is that we have these two witnesses that compare with each other. So when we're praying about something and, um, and something comes into our mind and it reminds us of a scripture, those two things are just working hand in hand all the time, saying to us, this is God. It's not just accidental. It wasn't just your thought. It matches in his word. It's what he said. So we don't have to have any hesitation then about the thought because we see the two things are binding together. And it's a great strength in, in what we have been given. And uh, I suppose uh, maybe one of the things that I, I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this today is because as we leave a great camp like this, I think sometimes the, the feeling can be uh, one of sadness that what's going to happen now, you know, camp's over, going home, all my f new friends that I've made are going to be a long way away or whatever. But um, I think uh, we could take another view that this is not going to stop. That what we have, what has made this camp what it is, is the Word of God and prayer. It's the Word and the Spirit. That's what has brought us into this incredible unity that we have. What has made us all survive this last year is the Word of God and prayer. And sometimes we know we've got friends who comfort us and they're nearby us, but they point us back to those same principles because friendship can last a while, but friends can let you down. Maybe they can't, well, they certainly can't do what God can do. And so uh, as we go from here and think, okay, again, a little like Renee was saying in her testimony, if that's not a strong part of our walk with the Lord yet, could we make it such and say, I'm going to try for the next month on a just bit by bit on a daily basis to say I'm going to make sure those two ingredients are in my day and see what happens at the end of a month because what the Bible tells us is that there are certain things that will come. You will find as you read that faith will grow. Love will grow. Compassion will grow. You find that you will want to give. There will be thoughts that will come into your head which maybe haven't come into your head before. You might have heard them, but they haven't really come into your heart. And because you continue to dig into his word, 
you'll find things and go, I want to be more honest. As we let it saturate our soul and just sink in just a thought a day and, and, and ponder over it, we'll come away somehow or other maybe with greater self-respect. Something in there will tell us, I'm a daughter of God, not me, but you. <laughs> I'm a son of God. And there'll be, there'll be a desire that will sort of overflow to want to talk to somebody that's in trouble, somebody you work with or a neighbour, because the things you're reading in here are just coaching you that way all the time. But if we don't consult it, those thoughts will be harder to project. Boldness will come by reading stories like Moses and the Red Sea, like reading other stories that are, that are in there that, that just grab your imagination. They're meant to grab our imagination. You know, we all, you know, maybe most of us might like to watch, you know, something on a screen that, that, uh, has got somebody's imagination really going and it captures us. God wants to capture us in here and really to search out stories and search them again and again and find out what all the, the bits and pieces are of those stories, how good they are for us. And there are other things that we'll find that as we are reading it and as we're praying that will go. You'll find that bitterness will go, that, that your worries that you're having will start to fade away. Your anger, your disappointment, your guilt, maybe your depression, maybe healing will be coming out of the pages to you and sickness will be disappearing because that's what it's meant to do as we read it and we hear God's promises, they capture us, we pray in the Spirit and it just enlivens those things in our lives and when we're re renewed day by day because the world is coming at us, trying to pull us down, trying to to uh, keep us in a place that is not healthy like many of them are. You turn on the box or the screen, whatever it is. It used to be a box, it's only a screen now. You turn it on and what will come at you? Rage. Unhappiness. Immorality. Violence. Sin. It comes at us. It pours out of the screen at us. The songs of the world, they pour at us into our minds, filling our minds to the point of unbelief eventually. And we try and fight it off and think we can have both. It makes the fight harder. The more we take in from the world, the more we got one arm behind our back spiritually. Maybe two. I'm still okay. I'm still coming to meetings. But maybe I'm missing more meetings than I'm actually coming to now. Maybe I'm not enjoying it as much as I used to and I'm standing on one leg. But I'm still here. On the other hand, we can say, I don't need those poisons in my life. I need the goodness that God wants for me in here that makes the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ come alive in me. Let's go to um, Revelation 22. We'll just look to something to 
finish on, not trying to keep you too long here today. By the way, when those air conditioners were turned off, the power consumption apparently went down uh, 80%. Makes a big, big difference uh, here with so many of us. Revelation 22 and verse 6. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels his angel to show unto his servants the things which must surely be done. Behold, I come quickly. This is repeated three times through here. Down in verse um, 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. And uh, in verse 19, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this, this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Now some people do come out of fear. The Lord's coming. I better straighten myself up. But if he doesn't come after a while, the fear will fade. We really need to come for a better reason. Eventually you hope your fear actually becomes love. That we have such a, a desire for the things of God because they've really got into us that that's what's keeping us. And so when we hear the signs of, the, of what's going on around about in the world like we are now, that we're looking forward to his return. It's not a fearful looking it's a, I know Jesus. I feel safe with Jesus. He loves me. I don't have to feel that there's a God who's uh, checking on my every move uh, and trying to find fault with me. I have a God who loves me, and I'm looking forward to his return. And all I want to do is share it with others. I might just finish with a, a, a little story. Um, we, uh, many years ago, uh, a brother, a man who um, just wanted to tag along with them. And eventually they had prayer with him back in their apartment. And he uh, spoke in tongues and they said, oh, wow, you've received the Holy Spirit. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, I've had that for many years. And uh, I think many of the people here might know this story. I've told it before. But he... Um, he made the comment that in 1949, when he was 10 years old, that uh, there was the, the turmoil in China at the time, new government, the long march, and uh, he, um, he had a little pamphlet on the book of Luke. That's all he had. And he read it. And there's not a whole lot of specific comments about what happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Luke. But it does talk about it, definitely, asking for it. And as a young man, he read that and received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Nobody had ever told him. But all he had was the word of God and a prayer. And so all these years later, which I think was 40 years later, he was 50 years old, somebody is telling him what's actually happened to him. And he came out to Australia and... Um, we had fellowship with us. It was tremendous. 
Um, I'm trying to think how the baptism happened now, but I can't remember. Um, but um, I remember getting a phone call from him afterwards, but I didn't know it was a phone call. It was just a, a noise on the end of the phone. It just sounded like a whole lot of cars in the street. And it actually was, and uh, and he was in a phone box. And it's just, he's sort of saying, uh, and his name was Chang, Mr. Chang. He's like, Chang here! Chang, Chang, and all this noise in the background. Thank you very much for lunch. Enjoy lunch with you. <laughs> I don't know whatever happened to him. We didn't have a work in China at the time. Um, but the word of God and prayer, it will take us places. You know, we've got young people at the moment who want to go to Colombia. Nobody for Cambodia yet, but maybe. We've got people excited let us keep this momentum that we have here and let's do it by sharing with each other what we find in here on a weekly basis or however often we see each other. Let us share the scriptures that we discover. Let us share the testimonies that we have and, and see what more God wants to do for us. You know, in PNG, there's a lot of people there that may not be very educated. They're from um, villages but they have been taught to remember Bible verses. And for anybody who's been there, you will hear them, and it won't just be Mark 16. If there's something about uh, uh, unity, they will say 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, all speak the same thing, and they will quote the Scripture to you. If there's something about gossip, they will quote the Scripture in Proverbs. If there's something about tithing, they will quote the Scripture in 1 Corinthians 8. They, they, they can name Scriptures all around. They've, they've sort of taken it on to themselves to do that. I think it's a desirable thing. Um, I, don't, I feel pretty small when I'm around them. It's great what, they, what they're learning. Let's, uh, let's be taught by God. Let it, let's let his word sink in us. Let's let his spirit guide and convict us continually. All the people said... 